Kia Tato, you're here on the One Radio One Ninety One FM, and we are joined on air by Caroline Sands. How you doing, Caroline? Hi, good. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, no problem. Um, yeah. So you're you're in Florida right now. <laughs> yeah. How's that going? <laughs> I'm actually yeah, I'm in Beach County, which is like one of the scarier ones. Um, so I was I was really hoping to make a difference around my vote made much of a difference tonight. Um, I mean, every vote counts. But, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm glad I did it. So. Yeah, it's scary times, everyone. Um, I think we'll just be <laughs> biting our nails for the rest of the night. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so on a more positive note, you perform yeah. as Sir Beck and you released your EP, debut EP, Kitch, earlier this year. Yeah. Um, and we gave that away today on the show to one lucky listener. Um, it's oh. very. <laughs> um, it's really cool. So, you, uh, our show's called Woman Crush Wednesday. Um, we like to celebrate really inspiring, empowering women. Um, and we feel like you're definitely one of those people. A really talented musician. Oh. You're self-taught and self-produced your entire, um, all your music, right? Yes, yes, I am. Thank can you, you. Can you tell us a bit about that process or your writing process and like the recording and the production? Yeah. Um, so I I started um, playing piano and um, singing a bit, and I really started to get into it um, when I was in middle school. So like, oh gosh. I don't know um, if it's equivalent to over there, but I think like 12, um, I started to get into singing and playing the piano, and then I wanted to learn how to play guitar, so I started that. And then um, I started just like a really, you know, natural approach to songwriting, and I, I remember just feeling like it was a struggle, and it wasn't really until um, I started playing with electronic music um, towards the end of high school and like the beginning of college that I really felt uh, things click. So ever since then I've been um, just producing in the computer and I really like um, making it sound like it's not from the computer. <laughs> I really like um, playing with orchestral sounds and strings and brass and stuff like that and then um, then I'd play guitar and, and sing and I always I always record the vocals last, um, and then the writing is like the, the lyrics are really separate from it all. I feel like I kind of assemble those into the song after it's already mm -hmm. been built, for the most part. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much how I'm doing it right now. Cool. Um, so, how does that translate into a live show format? Um, when I play live, I uh, I have all the samples and everything going through my computer, and um, then I will trigger some of those samples like with different pads, and then um, I'll play a little synth, and um, I'll play electric guitar, and I you know like I use pedals and stuff like that, but for I don't use a amp, I just actually use uh, I run it through a computer um, computer software. Amp. So it's actually, I, I didn't want to do that originally. I always wanted to have like a big, nice um, amplifier, but mm. ones I wanted were always too expensive. So <laughs> I ended up doing it through the computer. And now I actually like that better because I can, I always know where it's going to sit in the mix. And um, 
I don't have to lug a big thing around. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So then I sing and I play guitar live and, um, yeah, and I just recently started to try to um, bring some of, like, my dancing back into it that I used to do before I started making music, so that's exciting. That's really cool. Um, that was something when I saw FK Twigs perform. That was it was so amazing because she's got that great combo performance oh of like God. her dance performance and her music. Yeah, she's so good. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, there's also a really great story behind your uh, performance, Monica. If would would you mind explaining it to to the nice listeners who might not know <laughs> that story? <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh, it's a super long one, but I, I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Um, basically, it, I, it took me like a year to kind of settle this whole narrative. Like, I felt like I was not naming my first child. It was probably a bigger deal than <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But um, yeah, I just heard about, I was visiting uh, some family in Hawaii and... Um, one of my like distant aunts told me about um, the green flash, how if you look at the sun when it's setting over the ocean, um, in some places you can see a, like a bright, really quick um, flash of green light on the horizon. And the legend is that if you see it, you know, um, you just have, it's, you know, it's good luck, but it's also like a connection with, with the people around you. And um, they didn't really go into it that much, and I kind of forgot about it for a bit. And I was watching a lot of French uh, New Wave films, and I was taking like some college classes and getting into all that stuff. And I was watching um, this Eric Romare film. Uh, called, the English version is called Summer, and um, the French version is called The Green Ray. And so I started... Um, getting into that and the book that it was based on which was like a sci-fi book um, by Jules Verne and it centers around this um, the movie centers around this girl on vacation and she's uh, learns about it in the same way that I did actually from older women talking by the ocean and the legend is that um, when you see the green flash that the thoughts of that are within you and the thoughts of those around you are um, instantly clear and you know you have this like peace and understanding it's so beautiful so, um, <laughs> yeah I thought like wow what a cool thing for you know for music to do like a goal for, for music to accomplish and um, obviously the green flash or the green ray just sounds like a superhero so <laughs> I didn't want to do that um, and I started reading um, more into it and I found that the first explorer to ever see it or to ever document a sighting of, of this green flash was um, a naval officer and he was traveling in the Arctic and he kept a journal and it, you can like read it on Google um, books but he uh, one of his crew members died and so he's writing about how you know it was a horrible night and he couldn't sleep and they had to they were stuck in the ice and everything just seemed like mm. pointless and um, sad. And then uh, he ended up seeing the green flash as the sun rose and then his whole writing just changes and he experiences this epiphany and um, basically the narrative was the same like throughout all these different stories throughout time. So that was cool. And um, his name was Sir George Back. 
so I was playing with the idea of Serbak, and my sister suggested changing the I to a U in Serb. And um, Ser actually means steer in Turkish, so the idea was that uh, Serbak means that the goal of my music is to steer you back to an epiphany of your own. That's so cool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. Um, and so, do you feel that that comes through in Kitsch, in this EP? Have you tried to, to create music? Um, sort of. Do you have any epiphanies of your own in there? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel like sometimes I start writing something and I don't know what it's about. And it's not until it's finished and then I'm like, oh, that's what I was going for. And it kind of takes um, off by itself. And there's other situations where, like, for Kitsch, I actually wrote, like, four different versions of it before um the last version that ended up on the ep was actually like uh uses samples from a version that i made just before it that was just all string it was just strings and voice and then mm -hmm. i chopped that up and sampled it and then i made that so i think um yeah a lot of it is like this just a long process of discovery and failure and like you know but um i definitely don't think that i've like achieved my total epiphany yet because I'm just um, beginning. Maybe that will it. come with the album. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we're going to play, after, after the interview, we're going to play Trophy Daughter. And I've read some okay, really beautiful please. things about that. Um, there's a quote from you saying how you strove to make a palatable pop song um, that uses its accessibility to further the idea of a completely inclusive feminine spectrum which um, was really, really nice. And I was wondering if you uh, would care to sort of elaborate a little bit more on that at all? Or, um... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot about, and it's funny because it's been on my mind so much lately with um, the election and everything, but um, I feel like as, as much as I can get involved in, um, you know, feminism and my own rights, I think I'm fairly is you know, relative to the rest of the world. I, I'm doing pretty well and I'm happy and I'm safe. And um, although I face um, issues, uh, I think my goal or, or my role as um, a feminist is to further feminism by helping um, other movements that aren't mm -hmm. as accepted um, as well. So I think like one of the greatest things about femininity in itself is celebrating that maternal um, sort of compassionate um, instinct where instead of it being expected of you and it being a sexist um, kind of imposition in taking that and rebranding that and saying I'm going to use that um, that kind of outlook and that mothering mm. sort of um temperament and then use it to help other people that aren't having as much success with their um, social movements. Um, obviously in America with Black Lives Matter and, mm. and trans lives and so many, so many different things. But um, I d so yeah, I definitely feel like as much as feminism is important to me, um, I want to do everything that I can to use that celebration of femininity that, that I made Trophy Daughter for to, to help other people as well. 
That's so cool. Yeah, inter- intersectionality, I feel like, is partly what you're getting at there, which is really, really great. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, lastly, obviously, do you have any plans to come to New Zealand? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would love to. It looks amazing. Um, but you will be the first to know. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for coming on air to talk to us today, especially tonight. <laughs> um, of course. How are we, how we doing over there, Lauren? I'm not in a good place. Eh? <laughs> I'm, I'm coming over to California next year I'm on exchange, and this is terrifying. Like, Oh, my gosh. I know. Uh, it's, it's pretty scary. Um, I, don't, I don't even know how I'm going to fall asleep before I find out what happened. So. Mm. Um, some people say we won't know until tomorrow morning. Exactly. You never know. There might be some sort of a uh, some sort of last minute magic turnaround. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed for I, um, that. I saw a link that apparently astrologists have predicted that Hillary's gonna win, so like I'm really hoping the stars pull through today. Put your faith in oh, the stars. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. Um, we'll let you go. Thank you so much, Caroline. Um, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Caroline Sands all the way from Florida, where she is... Uh...